When I was 15, I was almost killed. It was the first time my eyes were open to the violence of humans. My name is Athelflaed, eldest daughter of the King of Wessex. My father had betrothed me to the neighboring ruler of Marcia, and I was to travel to him once I was old enough. It was a time of conflict, with many enemies seeking to harm my father whatever way they could. Naturally, traveling on the trail to Marcia with a large guard of soldiers would be unwieldy and attract a lot of unwanted attention. The only trail that leads to the mountains bordering our countries is narrow, and only a few may ride together at the same time. My father ordered my personal guard to come with me, along with five of his best soldiers. My betrothed wanted me to take a whole regiment of his best warriors, but I felt it too much trouble over the travel of one woman. One of my father's best fighters taught me combat skills in case of an attack. He taught me how even if I didn't have the physical strength to fight a man, I had a fierce mind and mental strength. I learned to fight with a sword and ride the horse bareback, which was unheard of for a woman and scandalous for a king's daughter. I was gossiped about, a mockery of the king. I couldn't even show my face in public because of the shame. My life was looking very grim indeed, what with the betrothal to an unknown man and being the laughingstock of the court. When the day finally came, I packed my bags in my diary and set out with ten of my father's best swordsmen as my guard. We each rode a horse and led another by a bridle with provisions and bags. My fa- family bid me goodbye and wished me good luck and fast speed to Marcia. I tried not to cry in front of them, choking down the tears that threatened to swallow me. Would I ever see them again? I put my head down and set out. We were about halfway to London, capital of Marcia, when our party was assaulted by bandits. They meant to get as much money as possible from us and capture me for ransom to my father. Half of our group died at the hands of the raiders. The carnage will forever be in my memory. It was the first time I had seen a human die. I was told by them to run that I was too weak to be able to overcome a man in combat, so I hid in the copse of willow trees nearby and watched as my defenders were cut down one by one. When they finally realized they were all going to die, thereby endangering me, they leaped onto the remaining horses and galloped away, hollering at me to follow them. The outlaws followed, whooping and screaming. I was so frightened of them, so worried about our chances of surviving. We thought we were lost until I sighted the old stone fort in the distance. Perhaps there would be a whole battalion of soldiers to help defend us. In an instant, we sprinted through the door and bolted firmly behind us. We could hear the outlaws banging against the door trying to break it down. The fort appeared to be empty, devoid of supplies, food, anything. Our hopes were crushed beneath the weight of our despair. My gods looked at each other, unsure what to do in the absence of a capable leader. However, when I stepped forward to lead, they all turned against me. They complained to me that my idea of leading us into the bunker only trapped us and doomed us to slow death. Some even showed their true opinions saying that the woman, even if she was the king's daughter, had no business directing men. This was when I snapped. 
What was it to them that they would insult me by suggesting that women were incapable of commanding a force? Did they have any better ideas? Did they have any plan that would get us to safety? I told them if they wanted to fight with me, they should go scuffle with the bandits waiting outside. If they didn't want to at least listen to my idea, they should simply give themselves up as dead. After my tirade, they all quieted down and became still. We shall remain, at least for now, my lead soldier said. Good. My strategy wouldn't work with just me. I explained my plan to them as fast as I could and told them to get into position. It was imperative that there was no one for the robbers to find when they broke the door down. When they finally did, we were all in position. They stormed the bunker only to find no sign of anyone there. There was only an undisturbed layer of age-old dust laid over everything. The outlaws crept forward slowly, holding the gleaming torches over their heads. They did not realize that there were five men right above them, ready to drop down and eliminate them at a moment's notice. A horn blew outside, and my guards leapt upon the radars, silencing them. Any that escaped the horses found themselves captured to be brought to my betrothed for questioning. None of my guards were seriously injured, though one had a cut lip. We patched them up and got on the remaining horses to make the final stretch to London. When we arrived, wearily and with only a few sluggish horses and battled men, there was quite a commotion. My betrothed demanded what had happened to us and told his men to take the capture that was away. Were we wounded? Injured? Why had we not remained in Wessex until he sent a regiment? There were rumors of deadly robbers on the route between our kingdoms. They had killed anyone who had dared to cross their territory. The fact that we were still alive was a miracle and that we were in most good shape. What had happened, he asked, to give us such good fortune. We told him the story of what happened. My queen's story shall be told for many generations, he declared, marveling at its unlikely escapes and impossible feats. He then went out and told the story to every person who would listen. The only thing I did not approve of was the way he exploited my role in the affair. He claimed that I was a woman who dared to be different and hinted that women were not meant to be like that. He called me exceptional, as if he believed women were usually unable to think for themselves. It was not my best impression of him. We were married the next day, and we found a way to walk together with me assisting him in all his affairs, turning a serious exchange into a light-hearted affair. The kingdom of Mosia was in a time of joy, of peace and plenty. Later in my life, as my husband's health declined, I went out and built a reputation for myself as one who would be able to capably rule in my beloved stead. I led soldiers into battle. I negotiated with enemy territories. People started to see women not as something to help take care of the family, but as a human with a strength of their own. My own story of how I arrived at Marseille was recirculated, but this time with my flaws of being too manly celebrated in its value for its support for their country. I, however, saw it as how the skills everyone saw as useless for a woman turned into the very thing that saved my life.